Hi, I'm Edwards Three, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you ever been convinced in your mind that you should do something, something that would be good for you, but you just don't do it? You know this would be good, but you hesitate and you just don't act. And it could be something simple like, I need to take better care of my health, so I need to work out or eat healthier food, but you just don't do it. Or I should go to bed earlier, yeah, and get more sleep, and uh, and, and you just don't do it. Or maybe there's a, a part of your life you want to change. Deep down, you know you just need to change. And there's a certain habit you have, a certain pattern of living, and and you want to break free from it. You know, maybe you tell yourself, I, I just need to stop losing my temper with the kids. I lose my patience with them. Or, or I need to stop losing patience with my spouse. I should be kinder and more forgiving with my spouse. Or, or maybe I, I spend too much time on social media. I'm just on my phone all the time. And I tell myself I'll only look for a little bit, but I end up spending a lot more time than I should. And uh, I don't... I'm not really present to the people around me, and I just really need to break free from the hold social media has over me. Or maybe I just live in anxiety a lot. I just, you know, I just live with a lot of fear. I'm just worried about how this is going to work out and this is going to work out. And, I, and I'm just always anxious and feeling like I have to manage every detail because I'm worried bad things are going to happen. And, and I know God wants to free me from that, but I just keep falling into the same habit of fear and anxiety. Or maybe I need to develop a habit of prayer. I know prayer is important. I know I should pray, and I just don't have the habit of consistent prayer. Or maybe it's something even weightier. Maybe there's some really bad habit, maybe a, a sinful habit, an addiction that I have, and I just long for freedom. Have you ever had these experiences of being convinced in your mind, you know you should do something, you know you should make a change, you know you should break free from something, but you just can't. You just don't act. You're held back. This summer, I want to tell you about something. I, I was I was blessed to go to a place I've not been to in, in in several decades. Actually, it's a place called Ostia Antica outside of Rome, and it, it at the time in the ancient world it was one of the biggest and best preserved cities from ancient Rome. You can walk through the city and you see so much of it today. In other words, it's, the the ruins are amazing. It has a large theater, public baths, many taverns and inns, and in its heyday, it was a great port city for Rome, and it had a hundred thousand people there. But the reason I went there wasn't simply to admire the, the great archaeological remains that are there. That, that alone is pretty incredible. But I went there because of two great saints that lived there for a while. Two great saints that the church celebrated this week, St. Monica and St. Augustine. I don't know how much you know their story of why they were here at Ostiatica Antica, but it was soon after his conversion to the Catholic Church in 386 AD, St. Augustine came here to this place, Ostia Antica, where he lived for a while with his mother, St. Monica. And you may know the story for many years. Monica offered countless prayers and tears for her son, longing for her son to become a Catholic. And finally, he, he converted, and, and they came here on their way back to their homeland of North Africa. And it was here that Monica told Augustine that everything she had hoped for in this world had come to fruition. Her son had finally become a Catholic, and, and there was no longer anything keeping her here on earth. And a few days later, she actually says goodbye to her son, and she passes away from an illness and enters into eternal life. Uh, Augustine completed his journey eventually and got to North Africa, and he became a great priest, a bishop, a great theologian, and a prolific writer. He's known as a doctor of a church, but... 
I don't know how much you know about how in his past, he wasn't always a great Catholic. <laughs> um, he, he lived a pretty wild life, a pretty decadent life. And his conversion, getting to his conversion point, was not easy. He wrote a great work known as The Confessions, where he tells, pours out his heart about his conversion story. And he's agonizing, going back and forth. And, and what I want to share with you is this piece about Augustine, is that he, like many of us, was intellectually convinced of something. He, he was convinced in his mind that he should do something. So what happened? He, he became convinced that Christianity was just true. He left the faith of his mom and, you know, had just lived a wild life and explored all the different philosophies of the ancient Roman world and eventually came back and realized Christianity must be true. And he, he could see, you know, my life will be better if I just convert, I just become a Catholic. Uh, but there was something in his personal life that held him back. There was something going on in his life that made him hesitant about entering the church, even though he was convinced it was true, he was convinced this would be better for him, he just didn't want to give up his attachment to a certain sin, and it was sexual sin. Augustine had lived a pretty wild sexual life, and even though deep down he knew what he was doing was wrong, he knew if he became a Christian, he was going to have to change, he was going to have to give up that sexual lifestyle. And there really was a part of him that wanted to change. There really was a part of him that longed for freedom. And he, and he did have this sense he would be happier if he just broke free from his sexual sins and became a Christian. But there was another part of him that was terrified. And he didn't want to give up his ways. He was divided within himself, he said. Have you ever felt that way, divided in yourself? You know you should do something, but you don't. You know you should get up right now and go help your spouse, but you don't. There's something going on with the kids. They're fighting about something, and you know you should you know, put the computer down or whatever work you're doing, whatever project you're doing, and just stop and go attend to the kids, but you just kind of just, oh, I just got to watch one more play on the game, or I just have to get this one more email done, or whatever you're doing, right? And, and you know you should do something, but you don't do it. For Augustine, he had a deeper, deeper enslavement to sin. He had a serious attachment. He had a kind of sexual addiction, maybe not at the levels that we, we talk about today in formal psychological terms, but he, he definitely was attached and he was divided within himself. And he once prayed to God, give me chastity, but not yet. And so you could see his two hearts here. Part of him wants to change, but another part of him doesn't want to. How did he find freedom? How can Ordinary Christians like you and me find freedom in whatever it is that we want to find freedom in, whatever area of our lives we want to change. How do we do that? That's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. Today, wow, that was a long introduction. I was just really into being at Austria Antica recently and wanting to reflect on the life of Monica and Augustine. It was so awesome walking around there. If you ever get a chance, uh, it's just outside of Rome. You can get there on uh, the subway system. You take the blue line out and then you change at the pyramid train station. And and, you, and then there's another train that goes off straight to Ostia Antica and you can just take the train there. There's a great beach. You can go to the beach if you want nearby. But the walking around that port city and seeing these ancient Roman ruins in itself is just an incredible thing. But I like to go there and just imagine Monica and her son Augustine walking around their final conversations together, how happy Monica was for her son, the freedom Augustine is experiencing, the inner peace. 
for years he'd been wrestling with life and a particularly you know sin and and divided and you know wondering what I, what should I do and he finally has that big moment of conversion and you could just imagine walking around Ostia with his mom in true inner freedom inner freedom deep peace in his soul that he finally found he was no longer a slave to those sexual sins. It's a wonderful thing uh, to think about Augustine here. So that's why I gave a little longer introduction, I guess, today. I have to just share with you a couple other personal updates in the three family life here. So we just dropped off one of our children recently here at college. And oh, wow, it is it is so hard. So my third born, Teresa, just went off to college here. And she's a wonderful gal. She's just loved by all of her siblings. She was like a second mom in the home here in these high school years. She's just a a dear sister to her siblings and daughter to Beth and I, and we miss her so much. It is so hard doing this. Like every two years, we we have kids about every other year. And so every two years, I have to go through this heartache of saying goodbye to these wonderful children uh, that the Lord has blessed us with. Uh, I'm so happy for them. It really is like each one of them, it's been like, yep, this is the right time. They need to go off on their own now. They need to go for this deeper formation, experience life on their own. They're going to grow in so many ways, and I've seen it with the two that have gone before her. So I'm thrilled for her. It just hurts a lot <laughs> to, to, to say goodbye and, and, and let go of these ways, and, I, and we miss her a lot. So you can pray for her and the three family. Also, if you could pray for, there's a couple conferences I've spoken at recently, the Fullness of Truth Conference uh, down in in Texas. I was down in San Antonio and they had over 1,100 faithful Catholics all gathered together to to learn about their Catholic faith and go deeper in it and defend it and proclaim it in our secular age. And I was able to talk about virtue and the importance of virtue in our lives and about prayer. I, I was able to speak on, it's one of the first times I'm speaking on my brand new book, When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul, where we walk through the spiritual Catholic tradition, the lives of the saints like Augustine, for example. And if you want to learn more about that book, When You Pray, or the video series, the study program that we filmed in Italy with, you can go to ascensionpress.com. That's ascensionpress.com to learn more. There's a free video sample there for the video series that you could consider for your own family, your own personal life, or your small group. When you pray at ascensionpress.com. Again, that's ascensionpress.com. But let's turn to Augustine here, and I want to turn to his attachment. Again, I want to be clear, I used the word addiction at the beginning. I didn't mean that in the strict sense, but he did have a, a real attachment. We all have our own little addictions, right? Some people have serious, real, you know, clinical addictions in our culture today, but we all have our own, you know, I put in quotation marks here, addictions. You know, we might be addicted to being liked. We're addicted to applause or we're addicted to, I always have to be right or we're addicted to comfort or whatever it is. Like there's things that we can be uh, addicted to. Uh, one of the big challenges in our world today, of course, is in the area of sexuality. And there are many people that are very attached to sexual pleasure and sexual sin. Some have even the formal clinical addiction. Many do today. I want to just talk a little bit about just 
the virtue of chastity and why it's so important in the church's teachings about sexuality so we can better orient ourselves to understand Augustine and what he offers us in, in terms of a, a pathway to freedom, to finding freedom, not only in sexual sin, but all kinds of, of addictions that we may have or all kinds of a, attachments and bad habits. So, But first of all, just a few words on chastity itself. There's just three quick things I like to highlight is that, first of all, this commandment where God says, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery, and Jesus, of course, says you shouldn't even commit adultery in your heart if you look lustfully at someone. That's a kind of adultery as well. Uh, this commandment the, on all the church's teaching about sexuality. It's not a long series of no's. That's what many people think. It's about saying no to this, no to this, no to pleasure, no here. No, no, no. It's it's a yes. That's what this commandment is about. Uh, it is a yes, a yes to authentic love, a yes to freedom, a yes to the unity we long for in relationships, the trust, the closeness we long for in, in, in relationships, especially married love. And so it's not about saying no to things. It's ultimately, if I want to to have real love. I want to have a close relationship with my wife. I want to have a close relationship if, if you're a young single person listening and you're dating someone and you want to have a, a good dating relationship, you want authentic love, then, then, then you want chastity. Because when you lack chastity, you're going to end up not having real love. And that's what I'm going to talk about here. But to, to orient ourselves, this commandment, all the church's teachings about sexuality is not just a bunch of no's, it's ultimately a yes, a yes to authentic true love. Now, we have to ask ourselves, second point, what is love? You know, our culture uses the word love so loosely. I often give, use this example in my talks that we, we say, I love you in so many ways. I love something. You know, it, it could be, I love the beach. Uh, I love ice cream. I love wine. I love a good beer. I love my favorite sports team. I mean, we use the word love very loosely. And I think what we mean when we say I love something is is this does something for me. You know, I love being on the beach. I love the waves. I love the, the sun. I love the breeze. It, it makes me feel good. I do, it does something for me. Or I love ice cream. I love the taste of it. It fills me up. And I, I, you know, I love the coolness of it. And it cools me down in a hot summer day. So I, I, love, I love that it does something for me. And so when we take this language of I love in terms of you do something for me and we apply it to relationships, what do we mean there? What the culture tends to mean is you do something for me. That's what love is. You do something for me. You make me feel good. You give me this rush of romantic feelings. You give me all these emotions or you make me feel not alone. Uh, I'm tired of being alone and, uh, and, and I have a companion here. So you do something for me and uh, you give me sexual pleasure. You give me these physical feelings. So that, that's, that's, that's what love is in the modern world. You do something for me. But here's the challenge, that if that's our view of love and you bring that into relationships, then the other person, if that's their view of loving you, then they're not really committed to you. They're just committed to what they get out of you. <laughs> they get good feelings. They feel not alone. They get romantic emotions and uh, they get sexual pleasure from you, but they're not really committed to you. They're just committed to what they get out of you. And if they can get out of you know, they get pleasure or not feeling alone, having a companion with someone else that's fun and attractive, then then they'll just run after that. They're not really committed to you. They're just committed to what they get out of you. Real love 
According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, I quote this all the time. You've heard me quote it on this podcast many times before. What's the definition of love? It's it's to will the good of the other. It's from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, quoting the great St. Thomas Aquinas. Real love is outward looking. It's not about what you do for me. It's about willing the good of the other, seeking what's best for someone else. That's what love is. And you want someone that's going to love you for who you are. You're going to want someone that is going to love you, not for what they get out of you, but for who you are. They're committed to you. That's what we long for. And so if we want to experience this authentic love, then we're going to need a virtue that moderates our sexual desires. Because here's the thing, we, we could, our sexual desires could lead us, you know, it could, it could be a part of what leads to authentic love, seeking what's best for another person, but it very easily can turn into use. It could lead me to, to using this other person. And, and chastity is this virtue that helps moderate our sexual desires to give us freedom so that we can love people. In other words, let me put it this way. When, when we have chastity, we have the virtue of chastity, that, which is self-control in the sexual sphere. I have self-control here. Then I'm free to give myself and love to other people. But when we lack chastity, when we lack that self-control in the sexual sphere, then what's going to happen? It hurts love. When we lack chastity, when we don't have self-control with our sexual desires, to that extent, we're not free to love people. We'll end up using other people. We're not free. We become like the pre-conversion St. Augustine, who is divided, fragmented, a slave to his passions. I mean, so this is true, by the way, not just for single people, like not sleeping around or looking at porn and all that. It's not... It's true for married folks as well. Married people need chastity. If you want to give your heart to your spouse, you need chastity. A man that is always looking at other women, maybe not looking at porn, but just looking at other women that walk by, women on TV shows, women on ads that pop up on the internet. When, when, when a man is a slave to his sexual attraction and he's always looking lustfully at other women, his heart is divided. He's not able to give his heart fully to his wife because he's always looking at these other women lustfully. His heart is not given fully to her. It's divided. And then he's reducing all these other women just to an object that he can look at for his own pleasure. So he may not be committing adultery, physical adultery, in the sense of sleeping around with other women, but he's committing what Jesus calls adultery in his heart. And that divides a marriage it keeps him from giving his heart exclusively, totally to his beloved, to his bride. So we, we want a virtue that moderates our sexual desires so we don't end up using people. And, and that's, that's what Augustine comes to discover. You see, let me, let me, before I move back to Augustine, let me, let me share one quote. I want to share this one quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2339. The Catechism teaches, the alternative is clear. Either man governs his passions and finds peace, or he lets himself be dominated by them and becomes unhappy. So there's, there's, there's a choice we have to make. Right? Do we want to be the kind of man that can govern his passions and find peace, or the kind of man that lets himself be dominated by his passions and becomes unhappy? See, because we're made for love. And when we're like pre-conversion Augustine, where we're very divided in ourselves, like we, as a part of us knowing I should be chaste, but I, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to give up looking at these things or looking at other women. 
or I don't want to give up doing things with other people sexually that I shouldn't. Like I'm divided. I, I end up being dominated by my passions. Whereas we want to be the kind of men and women who can govern our passions and find that greater peace. And Augustine himself says it's through chastity that we're not divided anymore. We're not dominated and we find that inner peace. Uh, I think this is this is something really important for our very sexualized world. And let's be clear here. There are many people, many good people who have made mistakes with their sexuality. Many who have fallen into sexual sin. They love Jesus they pray, they want to be faithful Catholics, but they've made mistakes and God wants to forgive them. God wants to show his mercy and heal them. Maybe you put yourself in that category. You look at your past and you really regret things that you've done. You feel ashamed about what you've done. Just know if you brought it to confession, it's been dealt with. You no longer have to feel ashamed by that. Jesus has, has freed you and the Father rejoices in you. It's as if he doesn't even remember those sins of your past. But maybe those sins of the past have formed habits that you really have been forgiven, but they've, they've continued to affect you in the present. And you have certain bad habits of the way you interact with the opposite sex, sexuality, your thoughts, your glances, even your actions. Maybe you have deep wounds in this area. Maybe you have certain real addictions, clinical addictions in, in this area with pornography, other sexual addictions. Know that the same mercy and grace that Augustine experienced is available to you. Every time you fall to go to confession, it's one of the most important things to keep bringing those sins to confession, whatever those sexual sins may be. And, and, and Christ will always forgive you. I think what happens is when we feel ashamed, we sometimes just go into the darkness. We sometimes just hide. We were just talking about this recently, how there was one of our kids that when this, this particular child did something wrong, they, they kind of knew they did something wrong. They knew they, and they felt bad about it. And they would just kind of back up and go walk into a closet and just kind of hide. <laughs> Not just because they were afraid of being punished. It was, they felt badly about what they had done. And that's what many of us can do. We could just walk backwards and walk into a closet and just hide. God doesn't want that. God wants us to bring our sins out into the light, bring it to confession so no matter how many times you fall, know that God's mercy is endless. Just always go back to confession and he will forgive you. But here's the biggest thing I want to share with you is that not only will God forgive you with whatever it is you're attached to, and we're talking about Augustine here, and it's a lot about sexual sin, but maybe you have bad patterns of relating to your spouse. Maybe you lose your temper too much with your kids. Maybe you like to control everything in the home and, and you're realizing, you know what, I, I just need to loosen up a bit and just be more present to, the, uh, to my spouse and to my children. And if things aren't perfect, it's okay that having unity in the family is more important than everything being perfect and the, having this ideal Catholic standard that we have to follow. And, you know, we want to follow God's commandments, being clear about that. But when the house is messy and things aren't perfect and, you know, prayer time with the kids doesn't go great, you know, the, you know yeah, let's try to think thoughtfully about how to work on those things, but we don't need to stress out about it and make everybody else stressed out about it. I'm speaking to myself here. <laughs> these are things I need to work on, you know, but you know, these, these, whatever things we're too attached to, God wants to give us freedom for them. And, and, and we might be convinced, we know we need to change. We know that we need to be better in these areas, but we just don't know how to find freedom there. I want you to listen to what, what Augustine experienced in the sphere of sexuality is, is, 
and and the freedom God gave him, the great work of God's grace in his life can be applied to our attachment to social media, (laughs) to our attachment to having the perfect house, to always comparing ourselves to other people, to always being discouraged or falling into anxiety, whatever it is, whatever we want to break free from, what I'm about to share with you is about chastity, but can be applied to all these areas. So Augustine, in the midst of his going back and forth and being divided, he he was just getting the sense of, of God speaking to him. And he describes it in his autobiography as lady continence, the virtue that helps us have self-control, speaking to him and saying, why do you stand in your own strength and fail? Cast yourself upon God and have no fear. He will not shrink away and let you fall. Cast yourself upon him without fear, for he will welcome you and cure you of your ills. See, what happened here is Augustine, he he knew he needed to change. He was convinced Christianity was true. He was convinced that the way of chastity was the right way, the pathway to true happiness for him. But he was too attached to his sexual sins. He couldn't change on his own. But he kept trying to change on his own. He kept trying to just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to just have enough willpower. I'm going to try to just not do this anymore. And what the, the virtue of continence just imagined, you know, in his, in his vision here is that continence was speaking to him saying, why are you trying to stand in your own strength? If you try to make this change on your own, you're going to fail. You're never going to be able to, to find the freedom God has in store for you on your own. You can't do this. You cannot do this on your own. You need to cast yourself upon God. Throw yourself into God's arms and he will welcome you and cure you of your ills. So whether you yourself find yourself struggling with sexual sin, you can't control your glances. You look at things you shouldn't look at. You do things that you shouldn't do. Cast yourself upon God. Don't try to change on your own. Trust that the grace is there. He wants to give it to you. He gave it to Augustine and Augustine found true freedom and peace. Again, if you go to Ostiantica, it's just so peaceful. It's just a very peaceful place. You, you get an, it's not right on the beach today because the, 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 the waters have, are farther back. And, but, but you could, you still feel a, a breeze that can pass through there and it's quiet and you're walking amid the ruins and it's so peaceful and you can imagine the inner peace Augustine experienced after his conversion as he was walking through this bustling city. That inner peace God wants to give you. And whether that's in the area of your sexual struggles or it's you just spend too much time on your phone and social media and, and that does not give you peace. And you know it doesn't. And you keep telling yourself you need to change and spend less time with it but you keep spending lots and lots of time there, you're not going to be able to have the willpower to change on your own. Augustine reminds us we have to rely on God. That means we just fall on our knees. What does that look like? Like Augustine, he fell on his knees and he just cried and he begged God to help him change. And he'd been doing that for a long time, but there's a pivotal moment when he was like almost like literally tearing his hair out and just like, Jesus, I can't do this. I need you. And it's sometimes when we're humbled and we realize that we can't change. And we just go to Jesus and saying, I, I can't change. Jesus, I, I lose my patience. Jesus, I tend to just be very critical. Jesus, I tend to judge other people. Or Jesus, whatever it is, I'm struggling. Jesus, I just can't develop the habit of prayer. I know I should. When we fall on our knees and we really feel our inadequacy, 
We don't just intellectually know we need God, but we feel it at the core of our being. I need you, Lord. I can't do this. It's in those moments when we cry out to him that the the pathway is open, the door of our heart is open for a deeper grace, the grace that Augustine experienced. So in summary, whatever you're struggling with, whatever kind of attachment you have, bring it to confession. Always bring it to confession, whether it's a you know smaller attachment or it's a sinful one, bring it to confession and don't stop bringing it to confession. Never be afraid. Trust in God's mercy. The second thing though, is if you want that inner peace, God doesn't want to just forgive you. He wants to give you that peace. He wants to free you. Call on him like Augustine learned to. Learn to not rely on yourself and ask God, tell God, God, I can't change. He loves it when we come to him and we're just honest. Lord, I can't change. I keep trying. I keep telling myself, I know I should do this, but I can't. Go to him like Augustine did. Beg for his grace to heal you. And over time, you may experience the same transformation the great St. Augustine did. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to learn more about the inner freedom God wants to give us and the transformation of our souls, check out my brand new book. I have a whole section on this deep freedom that God wants to give our souls in my new book called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. Uh, Again, this book is called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. You can get it at ascensionpress.com. As of this recording, it wasn't available on Amazon just yet. You got to go to ascensionpress.com if you want to get it right now, but I think it's coming on Amazon soon. So I'll let you know when it does. Thanks so much for listening, my friends. God bless.